We have some special treats. Do you know we've got some amazing people in our church family and three ladies tonight have been brave enough to share their story and I hope they bless you as much as they bless me. I should actually get the questions that Graham's um, asked me to ask them. So the first lady, we're going to give her a great big round of applause, is Charlene. I, um, I've actually had the pleasure of going out west with Charlene and she's a whole heap of fun and she's so full of God. She actually really blessed anyone out west who, um, who was on that camp. They, they thank you for just being such a blessing. I think it's on. I think they'll, they'll t- turn you on. So <laughs> we will hear from Charlene in a minute. Um, so... Graham's given these ladies four questions and part, uh, partly it says in Revelation that we overcome by the word of our, our testimony as well as the blood of the Lamb. So I'm praying that this will really touch some of you. Are we on yet, Charlene? Hello. Yeah. So Charlene, who's in your family? Tell me okay. about your family. All right. So um, I feel to just start with my family of origin. Um, Mum, Dad, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be here, but um, Mum, Dad, um, I have an older brother, I have um, a younger sister, Carmel, she's no longer with me, but, uh, and then a younger brother, Wayne, Um, so there are four of us kids, Mum, Dad, um, that was a very, um, I'm going to just get straight into my testimony, Um, it's a really big story, um, but I'm just going to share little bits and pieces of it. but it begins with my family of origin um, and even my, my family unit now. Um, so uh, mum, dad, us four kids, um, there's no Christians in my family before me. Um, it's a common thing that we hear, but I've, I've sort of dug pretty deep and I haven't found any, Amanda. And um, yeah, but life growing up was extremely violent in our house. We were also extremely poor, so um, tremendous amount of poverty growing up. Um, violence, um, alcohol was a huge part of, of growing up. I feel like I've got my back to this side of the room. Um, yeah, so growing up, um, there, were, there was a big party scene. Um, the violence was to the degree um, that my father used to play Russian roulette with my mum on a regular basis with a loaded one in the chamber. Um, I witnessed this many times and that was just some of the mild stuff that took place. So life was extremely violent. Um, that was to the age of eight and then from the age of eight um, we left in the middle of the 74 floods and within a couple of days we were on a train down to Victoria and my mum met and fell in love with Um, a guy, so my stepfather, and I was to experience some of the worst abuse that I've ever experienced in my life at the hands of this person. My family now, we are a blended family. I have my yummy husband, Bob. Um, I know him as Robert. You guys know him mostly as Bob. Um, And he's just the absolute love of my life. Um, We have, as I said, blended family. So Robert has two sons. I've got two daughters. Um, they're, they're all grown up, and between us, we have 18 grandchildren and one great-grandchild. I started very young. I had my first child at age 17 and my second one by the age of 21. 
Um, so yeah, that's my little family of origin. Wow. Yeah. And I'm hearing a lot of hardship at, at the start of your mm. life with no people of faith in your world. How yeah. did you come to faith? What, what's your story? <laughs> yeah, so I'm a really, I'm a very, very private person and my past, and I'm not saying this as a Christian cliche, I can't stress this enough, that my past is actually hidden in Christ. Um, and it's hidden in Christ for a really good reason. It's not something that I like to talk about very often. And if God had, if Jesus himself hadn't released me to do this tonight, I wouldn't be doing it. So um, here I am. Okay, so coming to faith, um, I've always known God all of my life, despite there being no Christians, no Bible, no church, um, nobody praying with me. Um, from a very, very young age, I've always known that God was with me. Um, and in fact, even growing up, I was very social, a big social circle, but God was always my best friend in, in that um, journey. Um, at the age of five, and this is my only introduction to God that I can recall prior to coming to faith, um, at the age of five, after being abused in the middle of the night in my bed, um, spending the entire next day, I told my mother and father, um, spending the entire next day with um, police, you know, investigators and what have you, my mother got down on her knees with me beside my bed and we prayed. I don't know what we prayed, I'm assuming we prayed for my protection and safety and something of that sort. Um, then I never met God again until the age of 21. So coming into the age of 21, um, so there are some big gaps here from the age of five to 21, but keep in mind my family of origin um, and we tend to, I didn't do it deliberately, but we tend to seek out what's familiar um, without ever really realising it. And so I sought out somebody who was extremely violent um, in my world. Um, and I had this most amazing life of drugs and alcohol and, and I'm aware of young ears in the room, but promiscuousness is another word I'll use instead. Um, so this was my life and I'm coming into the age of 21. I've just given birth to a, a little girl and I've got a, a toddler, a three-year-old with me. Um, I've been beaten within an inch of my life. Um, somebody, this, the father of my children, has tried to murder me. Um, and I have anorexia nervosa and he wants us to move to an isolated property. And I really, really don't want to go. Um, I do, against my will, and I'm imprisoned there for a period of 12 months, and I'm in literally imprisoned. So whilst I'm in this place with two little girls, I've got anorexia nervosa, I'm beaten within an inch of my life every other moment. Um, I'm stripped, I'm beaten black and blue on a daily, weekly, monthly, whatever basis. Um, my real father, toward the end of the 12 month period, my real father um, passed away and I was told by my children's father that I could cry um, up until nightfall and then come nightfall, he doesn't want to hear another word about it um, and I, I was still upset and he took me outside um, and stripped me completely naked and beat me black and blue with a 3-0 pointed at me or at his side the entire time. 
There was also other abuses, which is not the right place to describe those. Um, so here I am, I'm, I'm in this awful state, and I'm, I'm in this house, I'm in an isolated property. It is at least a thousand acres. It's a bean farm, I believe. It's a very rundown house, and it was in Bopple, um, underneath Bopple Mountain. So here I am, and this particular afternoon, it's early afternoon, and I literally felt like I was going to drop dead on the floor. I was black and blue and broken bones and all sorts. I don't know where my children were. I don't know where my captor was. Um, and I sat down on the front landing of this rickety old house and I lifted up my hands, both hands, and I prayed to the Lord God Almighty, please lift these burdens and carry it for me because I can't carry it anymore. I literally felt like I was gonna give up my life and drop dead on the floor. And I, and I sat there and, you know, this is the most extraordinary, I'm as sure as I'm sitting here, and I feel embarrassed by this, but this really happened. Um, the sky lit up like I'd seen three suns in the sky. Um, and I knew, despite not knowing God, I knew that it was God's most amazing grace had shown up right there and then. I immediately got to my feet um, with energy, with gusto, and got to my feet. I went inside and I, Pray, I'm not prayed, I um, begged for two and a half hours to my captor to let me and my two girls go for a walk. Anyway, a long story short there, but um, he finally released us, all three of us, to go, and I made my way so that he couldn't see direction, and I went to the farmer's house, and the, I knocked on the door, the door was open, and they gasped. <laughs> I still can hear it today that the sight of this woman, um, yeah. So I also had body dysmorphia and image dysmorphia, and to anyone who wants to understand that, um, I can explain that at some other time. It's another testimony. Um, and so, and they gasped, and I said, look, I've been held prisoner for 12 months. This is what's been happening. Can I use your phone? Long story short, I called on somebody who I had an acquaintance with. She came. Um, the following morning, I knew that he was going to be going to coming here to Maryborough for 45 minutes, and we timed it, and the girls and I ended up in a women's refuge. Then, um, I then spent the next 10 years denying God. Now, I know I've only got about 10 minutes, but this is how I come to faith. Um, did I say 10 minutes or five minutes? I think I've only got five minutes, but this is my journey to faith. Um, so I then spent the next 10 years denying Jesus and I, so I could live my great life. I've grown the biggest, most significant marijuana crops and plantations you could ever imagine. There is no drug that I have not tried, despite what this generation thinks, we had the same drugs. There is not one drug that I have not tried. There is not one thing that I've not been involved in or planned or been a part of. Um, and there's, that's another testimony that I can't share in this venue, some things that went down in all of that. Um, and so I spent 10 years um, denying Christ and pursuing my great life, Amanda, and, um, and toward the end of that 10 years, I, God caught up with me and 
Um, I ended up, long story short, it was a lady in her mid-70s led me in a salvation prayer. Um, I confessed Jesus and then I found myself walking into a church and I was sitting there in church one morning and Jesus said to me, sure as I'm sitting here, um, a little whisper in my heart, he said, today I'm going to begin to heal your soul. Four and a half years from start to finish, every door that I had ever opened, anything that I'd ever involved myself in, anything that was ever done to me, four and a half years. Um, yeah. And I imagine that would have taken a lot of effort on your part too, because you had to make that decision. It wasn't just God rescue me from this place. You had to make, would have had to have, yeah. it's a question. You would have had to have made some tough choices, some tough Absolutely, choices. Absolutely, Amanda. So, um, for example, I would have people pray for me. Like we have altar call ministry here and, and we respond and we receive prayer. And people, well-meaning people would pray for me. And, you know, I'd tell them what I wanted prayer for. And well-meaning people with love would pray for me and then I'd go home and say, no, God, I don't want that door closed because I know there's still some stuff there. Um, and then there was the body dysmorphia and image dysmorphia that was a major issue to work through really, really deliberately, Amanda. Um, transformation and all sorts of stuff that I had to overcome, yeah. I want to say thank you for, I mean, that's pretty deep, mm. and thank you for making it yeah. as G-rated yeah. as, as we possibly yeah. can, and here our hearts, we have tried to do that. How has, I guess that sort of sums your life up, how has faith impacted your life since then? Like, I'm, I'm hearing you had this encounter with God, you shut him out, and then you were ready to make some tough choices for four and a bit years, how has, what's faith done to your life since? So what's my, my what's life the happy now? ever after? Maybe is there a happy now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is now, there a happy maybe. ever after? Yeah. Okay, so um, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Um, there's, there's so much more, you know, and I, I think about that question that Graham posed and that you're, you're posing here, I think, Amanda, that um, tell us about your life. Um, so you've heard some of my life, but there's, there's so much more. There's so much more. There is the age five. There is um, the teenage years. Um, I was a street kid in Brisbane City, sleeping in cement car parks and, um, and doing what was necessary to survive on the streets, and kill, including stealing. And, and even as a kid, I did my first B&E at the age of seven and stuff like that to learn to survive. And, and, um, and then my adult years, as I explained at Bopple, and that 10 years, pursuing my great life and the whole drug scene and, um, yeah, motorcycle um, clubs and things like that and um, was a huge part of that life and, and journey. Um, and then church, um, then four and a half years, um, then ministry um, to others came out of all of that. Um, then um, marriage with my husband um, in all of that, I've got two girls growing up through all of this. Collateral damage has been extreme. But at that point, um, that Robert and I were married, and around about that time, I had the absolute joy and pleasure of leading them both to the Lord um, and bap water baptising one of them. Um, yeah, so then um, after that period of time, Robert and I got married. Um, I've done major works 
um, as far as my work in the community. Um, toward the end of that 10 years, I did some diplomas and stuff like that. Um, so I've done major works in my community, um, major works in the church. Um, I began to pursue the call of God and my ministry, but the devil came after my kids. My kids, um, the devil came after my family, the devil came after my marriage, the devil came after my finances, and I don't just mean in a little way. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars and, um, and to the degree with my children, which I cannot. It's a completely different testimony. Things that have gone place, taken place there in my life. Um, but, um, and then I did a university degree. One of the interesting things that took place at university, I was in a um, psychology lecture and um, with a clinical psychologist and as a lecturer. Anyway, it was a particularly small lecture class this day and um, the, we were talking about drugs and alcohol, or she was, and um, nobody was forthcoming with examples and so I shared. So I shared um, life about drugs and alcohol and she looked at me, and this is a clinical psychologist, so it borders on the, the psychiatry where you deal with the medicine aspects of, of the mind. Um, and she looked at me and she said, if what you're saying is true and you have taken these things and you have done these things, you would have had to have had, for you to be sitting here right now, you would have had to have had a complete transformation of your mind. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so much more to Charlene's there is story so much as, more. as I guess yeah. you can imagine, but yeah. she's here, she's yeah. part of our family. Yeah. So I would encourage you to have, have chats with her. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm really grateful that she's in our family. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for her story because if you're in one of those dark spots that she's been in, yeah. we've got people who come out the other side, yeah? And we've got people who know how you have to make tough decision after tough decision for four and a half years to, to get to the other side and, and to get that, that mind change. But God can do it. God can do it. And how blessed are we that Charlene leads up our prayer ministry? Who better? <laughs> Who better? So thank you, Charlene. Can I, can I just say, can I just finish that? It's all been for purpose. There's been this huge battle for my soul, but there's also, it's all about ministry. It's, it's my ministry. It's, it's a call of God on my life. Um, and I'm obedient to God. If God says, do this, I do this. If God says, don't do this, then I don't do that. Um, yeah. It's, it's all for purpose. Yeah, well done. Thank you, Charlene. Give her a clap. <laughs>